In early July of 1947, something crashed to earth in the high desert, higher than 2,000 feet of eastern New Mexico during one of those severe thunder and lightning storms that occurs in the region every year during monsoon season. A few days later, the U.S. Army Air Forces, as the U.S. Air Force was called until later that year, electrified a nation and the world by issuing a press release announcing that its 509th Bomb Group at the Roswell Army Airfield, RAAF, located just south of the sleepy New Mexico town of Roswell, had captured a flying saucer that had crashed nearby. Within hours, however, a press conference was hastily convened at the 8th Air Force headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas, the command to which the 509th Bomb Group was attached, to announce that it was all a big mistake. The flying saucer was nothing more than a misidentified weather balloon. The press immediately lost interest, and the story quickly died. Outside of the occasional rumor, the story was then forgotten and remained buried for the next 30 years. Then, in 1978, the intelligence officer of the 509th Bomb Group at the time of the incident broke the silence by publicly stating that what crashed outside of Roswell in 1947 was no weather balloon, but something not of this earth. A few interested UFO investigators took note and undertook a civilian investigation of the case. By the early 1990s, several books had been written on the subject, all favoring an extraterrestrial conclusion, and the case was prominently featured on the popular TV show Unsolved Mysteries, which also strongly suggested an extraterrestrial answer for the mystery. As public awareness of the case grew, pressure mounted for some form of official restatement by our government concerning its position on the matter. This occurred in 1994, when the Air Force admitted that it had in fact lied in 1947 with its weather balloon explanation, but it was now telling the truth with its third explanation for Roswell. What crashed was now a high-flying contraption composed of multiple balloons, multiple radar targets, and a listening device belonging to a special project, Project Mogul, that fell to Earth near Roswell. Although the project's purpose, to detect sound waves from the anticipated detonation of the Soviet Union's first atomic bomb by employing high-altitude, balloon-borne acoustic sensors, was top secret. Its off-the-shelf components were not. Far from it, the prosaic rubber balloons, tinfoil radar targets, and balsa wood struts used in the project were the exact same types used in most weather balloons and radar targets of the time materials that any six-year-old would have no trouble identifying. Then, in 1997, the 50th anniversary of the Roswell crash, the Air Force brazenly offered up its fourth explanation, this one to try to deal with the long-held rumors and eyewitness accounts of diminutive, three-and-a-half to four-foot-tall, alien bodies that were also alleged to have been recovered from the Roswell crash. Known as the dummy explanation, for obvious reasons, the Air Force spokesman was met with derisive howls of laughter from members of the press when he attributed such claims to the Air Force's use of full-size, six-foot-tall mannequins in several projects involving high-altitude parachute drops that were conducted in New Mexico in the 1950s in preparation for our country's manned space program. To explain away the 10-year time disparity, 
The Air Force claimed that the witnesses were unwitting victims of a mental processing affliction known as time compression, whereby recollections of past events tend to contract the time frames in which they took place as a person ages. Thus, those who claimed to have seen alien bodies from the Roswell crash in 1947 were really remembering a chance encounter with crash test dummies that they somehow stumbled upon while searching for rattlesnakes out in the desert in 1959. Project Mogul and Dummies from Above continue to be the Air Force's explanation for the Roswell crash. The search for truth in the real world of trying to solve cases ideally involves a twofold investigation of pertinent facts. One, the search for incriminating physical evidence, from old-fashioned fingerprints on the murder weapon to the currently trendy and infallible DNA evidence at the crime scene. 